Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just clicked the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. The descriptor small business does not equate to small vision. In fact, it's quite the opposite. As many small businesses maintain the heart of America's economy, creating new innovations every day that majority firms simply can't compete with. Creativity is a thriving constant in the small business, and when coupled with a nimble operation, these types of businesses can compete and sometimes overtake larger outfits. For the most part, nobody disputes the fact that the small business is a great concept. It is the epitome of liberation from institutionalism, and its leaders are rewarded in ways far beyond monetary gain. 
seen and sustained best practices in communication that increases the visibility of small and diverse businesses is a second workbook in a series of publications meant to increase the effectiveness of visionaries in a small and also diverse business. Molly Pompadith, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Good evening, Michael. Thank you for having me again. Oh, well, it's always a pleasure to have you, Molly, and um, this time you brought some friends along. I did. I brought my wonderful co-authors uh, for Seen and Sustained tonight. So we'll be joined in with Akia Garnett, uh, Tamika Bradshaw, and Jane Lovis tonight. Wow. Okay. Well, get us started. Tell us a little bit about this um, this book and, and what made you guys decide to collaborate and write something for small businesses. Well, I think I'm going to defer this question to Akia because it was really um, initially her idea to bring the four of us together. So I'm going to go ahead and have her share a little bit of her thoughts around how this uh, all developed. Akia, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hi there, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. And so tell us a little bit about this concept and what gave you this idea and how were you able to build this team? Well, uh, Seen and Sustained is a professional development workbook, and it is meant to help visionaries and small and diverse businesses, and actually businesses of any size, uh, cast out a vision and a mission statement, both uh, for internal usage and comprehension, and then, of course, for external comprehension to their constituencies. And um, that's uh, really the way that the uh, professional development workbook began, for small and diverse businesses. So once I had the idea uh, in place and the charter for the project itself, I was then able to determine who would be a good fit in terms of other co-authors to join me in this um, literary adventure. So uh, right. Molly was... Uh-huh. And before we get into that, and just tell me some of the things that have changed over the years that makes this book so important and so pertinent in today's um, marketplace. Uh, well, one of the most important changes that has occurred in, over the years is the shift to consumers being king in the marketplace. And um, in the past, um, when we had fewer uh, resources, we had fewer opportunities for um, diverse pro products and so forth on shelves, uh, consumers really didn't have the luxury of being able to decide um, what they wanted to buy, what services they would um, what they would use. They were really limited um, to variety. And um, as the market has grown and has shifted uh, to a consumer-oriented market, um, it became necessary to help small businesses understand how they can both talk about their passion in their businesses but also maintain the market share that they worked so hard to, to develop. So um, that's really been the biggest shift in the economy, and it's going to continue to move um, in the direction of consumers having the power to decide when they want products and services, how they want them, and um, from whom they want them. Right, right. And, and we see that in um, this new thing called peer recommendations that has become the new buzzword for success in business. Tell us a little that's bit right. about how that's impacting um, businesses and especially small businesses, helping them to be effectively be able to compete. Well, that's right. I mean, we still use traditional forms of um, recommendations and traditional forms of um, marketing to test whether or not products or services are effective in the marketplace. Of course, 
most important thing to look at is your sales and revenue uh, per month and per quarter. But um, having consumers um, be able to talk uh, about their their experiences with brands um, without being um, requested of by corporations, companies, organizations, it has been one of the most powerful shifts that has happened in the way that we measure customer response to products and services. So consumers are very lit up about going online or talking about their experience with products and services versus waiting to respond to a survey or waiting to be approached by a company for a focus group or some other formal type of engagement that would help organizations learn how to measure um, the impact that their products and services are making and how they can make them better. Um, the key in both of these things, whether or not the consumers are going out and doing it on, on their own or being engaged by a company or an organization, the key in all of this is to make sure that what's being said um, is being applied back to the operation, is being applied back to the products and services to enhance what's going to be put out, again, in the form of revised or enhanced products and services that reflect what consumers are saying um, they want to see. Now, in building this team of yours, tell us a little bit about what some of uh, the young ladies that um, you have on your team brought to the table. And uh, we we can just start by um, stroking Molly's ego and talking a little bit about her. <laughs> All right, that's easy. <laughs> She's great. I don't know what to say to that, so I won't. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Molly and I have known each other for uh, for quite some time now. Um, I lose track every time, Molly. I don't know if it's eight or nine years now. Um, we met quite some time ago in a networking um, arena for small and diverse businesses. So we were actually working in the heart of uh, the area in supplier diversity, which in this instance had to do with helping uh, minority-owned businesses and small businesses learn how to pitch their services to corporations so that corporations that had opportunities for procurement uh, would find their services and products comparable to their competitors who may be larger outfits. And uh, so Molly and I developed this relationship over the years, and we touch bases with one another, have lunch, et cetera, and just help one another navigate our own careers. And so our our professional relationship uh, evolved into a personal and professional relationship. And so when it was time uh, for me to look for co-authors for Seen and Sustained, of course she was one of the first um, people that I thought of because she is a marketeer. She understands creative messaging, and actually that's what her business is focused on. So that was very easy um, for me to... Um, structure an opportunity that would be attractive to Molly. And because it's all about passion and vision, um, it was very easy for her to say yes. I think I got that right, Molly. Absolutely. I signed on right away. She didn't have to do any convincing. (laughs) That's awesome. And um, who else would you like to go ahead and introduce and tell a little bit why um, their role in this project was so important as well? Sure. So Jane Lovis is the next person I'll talk about, and she's just a powerhouse when it comes to innovative thought. And uh, Molly actually introduced me to Jane a few years ago, and uh, Jane and I, uh, like Molly, um, had a professional um, relationship that really evolved into both a personal and professional relationship. And um, Jane made so much sense for this project because she understands how parts work together to make a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, if you just start out any kind of question or any kind of systemat- systematized uh, approach to anything, 
Jane will help you finish that thought, and she'll also help you understand what needs to happen along that stream of thought in order to make the end product um, one that's successful and that ties in everything along the way. So um, after uh, working with Molly on um, uh, getting her aligned with the project, it, it was very easy just to think about Jane because needed to make sure that because Seen and Sustained is built on a process that um, we would have someone who would understand processes through and through. So that's how Jane became a part of Seen and Sustained. Wow. Jane, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Well, thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. Now, tell us a little bit about your background that brings you all of this expertise and talent in your field. Well, I have spent a number of years in technology as a project started out as a software developer, so as Akia says, process is very important, and looking at the big picture, and one of the skills that I've found that I that I had was going in and looking at the big picture very quickly, getting what's the overview, what's, what problem are you trying to solve, what do you need to move forward, and being able to then look at what details need to be put in place. And so going in, Aki and I have worked with a number of clients where we go in and help them create that vision and really work with them to see what is it that they're trying to create. So what's, what is the big picture? And then look at what are the parts that need to be done to create that. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And we want to get to um, some examples of some of the companies that you work with as well. But, Akia, um, let's go back to Tamika now and tell us a little bit about her before we bring her on. Yeah, and so that was easy as well. She's great. She's fantastic. She also is a powerhouse uh, in the small business community. Tamika uh, Bradshaw is one of my dearest friends, and I've known her since um, seventh grade, actually, but uh, we became best friends in eighth grade. And um, it's funny, our careers uh, took uh, similar turns, and then we ended up doing our own things and came back together um, later in our careers um, and found that we had so many things in common. Our thoughts were very similar regarding entrepreneurship and vision and mission casting, and so it made so much sense to um, collaborate with Tamika on this project because she is in the community. She owns a Quiznos, and she also owns, and her Quiznos is in Marlowe Heights, Maryland, in PG County, and she also owns um, Signature Styles Hair Salon. And so as we were writing Seen and Sustained and um, working to ensure that it was connecting to community-based businesses, wanted to make sure that there was a community-based business owner who was a part of our writing group who could really connect and relate to the folks who are running businesses in the community, such as dry cleaners and barbershops and convenience stores and all the other types of community-based businesses that touch consumers every day that aren't hidden behind uh, a website but that really are um, really uh, working with folks as they're coming in off the street and trying to understand what services or what products did you have to offer me today. So Tamika was um, a very wonderful fit for the uh, project, and uh, like Molly and Jane, she was uh, excited about joining our team. Tamika, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. 
You know, and um, what did you first think, Tamika, when Akia approached you about this project? Um, well, we worked together before, and uh, Akia was wanting to do another book before this scene is sustained, so we had talked about um, maybe doing a business book before. So when she came to me to tell me that she wanted to do one, you know, I was very excited. I jumped on board immediately because I had something that I wanted to offer and share, you know, with an audience. So it was very great, very great to be on this project mm, with Akia, Molly, and Jane. Now, I want to take you guys to the, the, the point when you first work with a business and how you analyze and understand their needs and develop the process that, that helps them to succeed. Um, so just take us through that, um, anyone who wants to speak. If you guys want to divide it up in parts, that's good as well. Well, I this is Molly. I, I can share um, my perspective when it comes to just initially working with our clients I think the most valuable piece is the very beginning of our process, which really takes them down to the very deep ground level of the why. Why in the world did a visionary think of doing something, branching out and doing something on their own in the first place? And really starting there, going to a depth where it's no longer about, you know, what others might expect to hear, or what sounds good, or what's on some template out there somewhere on the Internet world that sounds reasonable for a vision or mission statement. And I think that that heart piece, that really deep soul-searching work, is the beginning of our process that really uh, paves the way for how to actually output a true vision, mission, and outcomes, and then define those uh, what we call functional areas for our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that is a very important piece to our formula. Right. And this is part of the process that makes you guys a little unique as opposed to some other consulting firms out there. And um, tell us a little bit more about that key element and the, the concept that sort of makes you guys stand out a little bit. Well, this is this is Jane. I, I wanted to share a quick story of one of our clients that we worked with and I think this is one of showcases our uniqueness mm-hmm. in that we're not asking a business owner to give us what they oftentimes think of as the typical business answer to why they wanted to start a business. And so we were we were working with a client and on her, on her business, and it finally came out as to her dream to help other entrepreneurs build their dream and why that was so important to her. And then she had such a great aha moment because she said, you know, I was meeting with a potential client the other day, and for all purposes this seemed like the ideal client for me. He seemed to know everything that he wanted to do. He had everything organized. It it looked like a perfect fit. But for some reason, I just didn't feel right about it. And she said, now I know 
why it wasn't the perfect fit. Because one of my key points is helping them create their dream. And he had no dream. He was just doing a business. And And when she said that, you could tell that it was like a release, like, you know, an a freedom for her as to really what she was trying to create. And she's she's actually creating a very typical business. It's her why underneath it that makes her so unique and is going to allow, it really allows her to be such a unique businesswoman. Wow. You know, just that, that statement in itself, the why underneath it, I don't think that I've ever had anyone who discussed business on my show use that term and that phrase before. Um, even though we've discussed, you know, pursuing your dreams and um, your true aspirations and your will and purpose, but the why underneath it, that's a very powerful statement in itself. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, Michael. And vision is, you know, it's everything uh, when it comes to a leader of an organization. And while the why may not always be apparent to folks who are who are there, the constituencies internally and externally, the stakeholders, um, if it's not clear to the visionary, if it's not clear to the leader, then you have so much, um, so much challenge with getting people on board and getting people to follow suit and to help make that vision a reality. So um, we spend quite a bit of time working with visionaries on whether or not it's um, myself and Molly or myself and, and Jane or Tamika uh, sitting one-on-one with visionaries and first tapping into their inner core to find out why is it that you're doing this, why is this so important, why this type of business, why this approach, why now in your life? And uh, by the time we're done asking these sorts of questions, of course it can be challenging for a person to come up with the answers, uh, but they're almost always appreciative at the end of the process. They almost always have the clarity that they did not have in the past, and um, it's always reflected in, in future conversations that they're able to have with anybody when it comes to what is it that your business is um, in existence for? What are you trying to do? Why are you doing this, and how are you trying to save the world? And so um, when we work with visionaries and help them to articulate the why, it begins to answer so many more questions. Now, um, typically when you work with a company, uh, how long does this process take? Depends. Um, by the time we begin working with someone, they're pretty pretty adamant. They're pretty clear that they want to move through a process, and typically it's because they want to begin publishing um, some statements for their business. They want to begin publishing their vision statement. They mm-hmm. want to begin publishing their mission statement. They may have just um, been in a position to hire some people, and they're going to be delegating some work regarding rebranding of the organization or company. And so in order for them to do some of that branding work, they've got to have the um, the direction clearly articulated. And so most times um, we can move pretty quickly through the scheduling and complete a project at least from the vision and mission casting, within 45 days. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That That's that's a lot done in 45 days. I mean, just thinking of the scope of what you guys um, tackle. So that that's pretty awesome. 
Yes, and so uh, that's, again, it's the casting of the vision and the mission. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, when you're doing branding work, that might be associated with um, taking those statements which have been articulated. That can take upwards of six months or so. It depends on the scope of the project. So if if the work that we're doing is going to lead them to the opportunity to rebrand their organization, that branding project, of course, is going to take a bit longer, and it depends on how big and robust that branding program is going to be. But if it's just for us to work with them on tapping into why it is that they're doing what they're doing, if they are aggressive, if they've really uh, aligned their schedule with doing the work with us, they're passionate about getting through the experience, they can get through it in about 45 days. And tell us why this is so important. Um, Many people may say, yeah, you know, I wrote a mission statement. You know, it's just something to put out there so people can get an idea of what you're about. And they move on and move forward and they do their business, just like you said in the other example. Tell us why it's so important to um, make this a a clear statement and to really help it to define who you are in your business and what your business is to the world. Anybody else going to take that? Is it me? <laughs> well, um, so you can start, Akia. See, okay, I don't great. know who specializes in specific areas, so I'm leaving these questions out. And if it's your yes. area, please just jump in. Absolutely. So uh, it really is your key differentiator. It is what sets you apart from everything else in the universe that has to do with the products and services that you provide in the marketplace. So if you are working to provide a certain service, Uh, being able to explain what that service is or that product is that you're providing is not very difficult. Um, There are a 1,000 computer manufacturers out there. There are a 1,000 software developers out there. There are a 1,000 different types of companies in in various marketplaces, but there's um, only one company that has one visionary that does exactly what that visionary intended for it to do. And so when that visionary is able to clearly articulate exactly why he or she went into business and the goal, the long-term goal that's working um, on and inside of them and inside of that marketplace, that makes all the difference with being able to come up with compelling language that helps people in their audiences understand why they should be interested in patronizing them. And so when you are developing a relationship uh, in your mind from a consumer behavior perspective with a company that you're going to patronize, you are, yes, interested in buying a can of tuna fish. Yes, you're interested in buying a pair of sneakers, but you're also interested in what that brand represents. And you take a liking to that brand. You take a liking to whatever that brand represents. And if that brand represents the core that your spirit and your person represents, you have a much better chance at not only becoming a one-time customer but a long-time and lifetime customer. And so from a business perspective, it is every visionary's um, goal. It should be every visionary's goal to create lifetime customers and not just one-time customers. And when there is congruency, when there is that positive relationship between a business and a constituency, then that constituency follows that business in the direction that the business goes, even sometimes when the direction of that business goes isn't clear to them. And so that's uh, one of the reasons why we really stress making sure that there's clear statements and that there's clear vision and that that vision comes from the visionary. 
Right, right. So you you pretty much select someone too that is their idea and concept to focus on them to continue to sort of um, um, redefine what the business is. Uh, so normally the work that we're doing is done alongside the visionary. So it's a CEO, it's right. the president, it's the chief visionary in that organization. That's the person who would have to initiate this kind of a project. Right. Um, of course, if it's an organization that's big enough to have a you know a, a set of other um, executives there, they are joined in on the process, uh, but they are not the ones who initiate the process. So this is really a top-down um, discussion that's taking place, or you know, as, as some might put it, this is a, a lead. For, this is a uh, led from the heart initiative. So it's starting right at the core, at the heart of the visionary. Right. So this isn't something that the marketing person or PR person could pretty much help with. This is really the bullseye is that person who had the idea and the concept firsthand. Precisely. Now the marketeer um, is is definitely engaged um, mm-hmm. because as you move throughout the workbook scene and sustained, um, there are key areas that require someone else to run with the ball. And the person who's running with the ball is the marketeer. Those are the folks who are taking those statements and saying, okay, I see this statement uh, and I understand this statement. Now let me uh, make sure that I understand exactly what the demographics and the psychographics and all the other things that are in the marketing world that marketeers track. Let's make sure that what we're saying makes sense to these people. And uh, there's got to be a way that we can create that connection. And sometimes the visionary um, doesn't understand that. The visionary doesn't have access to the intellect um, that a marketeer uses or the intellect that an operations manager uses or the intellect that a customer service manager uses when working with their own public. And so the point isn't for the visionary to understand how each person in every seat sees the world. It's to make sure that each person in every seat understands his or her vision so that they can then execute it through the mission. Mm, Awesome. Right. Can I just add something to that too, Michael? Sure. One one of the things that we say is that creating the vision ensures that you say what you do and then you do what you say. So it really, when you've got a clear vision and a clear mission, they act like the guiding star for your business. Are you saying what you do and are you doing what you say? So if you start coming up with opportunities, you can look and say, does this match my vision? Mm. Are we saying this? Now you may choose to to add something to, to it, but it, it really helps a visionary from getting too scattered. Mm-hmm. Most visionaries love that new shiny thing. And this helps them keep going in the direction they they started or making a conscious choice to change. And it it keep, it allows everyone else that's involved to know where they're trying to go. Right. And it helps them to stay on the great idea that they had from the beginning and not sort of augment that based on things that they see could be a possibility but may not be a part of the original idea. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, and Jane is 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 absolutely right. That's a, a lot of what we do. But um, as she said, you know, making a conscious effort to change is always a part of any discussion that we have in the way that we explain the model because markets shift and uh, things change every day in the economy, and so organizations, companies that are agile and flexible um, have to shift along with that. It doesn't mean that their vision shifts, but it may mean that the way that they provide their products and services um, could look a lot different um, next year than they do this year. And so being able to have that clear articulation of what it is that we do and um, saying it the same way is uh, very important because, as again, as markets shift and uh, the way that we provide products and services change, we have to also make sure that we reflect those changes in the things that we write about our companies. Right, right. So after the initial um, consultation, after these 45 days as well, and you guys have all of this under your belt, um, is there still an ongoing factor of the work that you do? Absolutely. Uh, there's, As I mentioned earlier, there may be opportunities for branding, and so um, many times if we're working for organizations and they've been in business for some time, they may already have a website. They may already have a brand and logo and all of those things that give you a visual representation of their brand. But after doing some of the work with us, they may decide that the um, the actual image that they've put forth doesn't really reflect what they intended when they originally started the business. And so that provides an opportunity sometimes for us to continue working with them from a branding perspective. Um, Jane uh, does a lot of business um, improvement processing with folks, and so that might um, provide an opportunity to help them understand their operation. Um, Molly does creative messaging, and so um, sometimes um, they may have a requirement to help um, get their social media or their messaging, their corporate messaging in place. And so um, there are several ways that we can extend a relationship with our um, our visionaries that we work with, and in many cases we end up doing that. Uh, but the ultimate objective in every um, in every um, relationship that we create is to make sure that visionaries have clarity regarding the way that they both understand their operation and the way that they talk about it. Now, when you when you talk about branding and websites, I mean how. How much are you guys doing, you know, concerning, I mean, do you guys actually have staff of graphic artists that are creating brands based on what they, you know, see the company's vision and the market share that they're in or in actually developing websites? Or is it more of um, giving advice on ways they should go? Um, How does this work? Well, remember, Michael, we, um, the four of us, all have our individual businesses outside of our consulting together under the scene and sustain model. Mm-hmm. So when it requires, for instance, in my case, uh, copy or strategic plans around their messaging, um, then, you know, Molly Creative would step in at that point and have a relationship with that client. And uh, if it's a branding project that, let's, for instance, say it doesn't require any new copy, um, typically they go hand in hand, but if that were the case and they didn't require any new copy, any new written expressions, and they might just need a logo or design, that's where a Kia's company, a brand builder, would step in because mm. she has a company all around branding and marketing um, and strategies around that. And then, as mentioned before, Jane has her own business, Love is Consulting, that really helps 
the um, businesses truly see what they have in place, what are some of the missing pieces, how to best problem solve, and even on an organizational development aspect, she can really look in the big picture and really dive deep and help them understand what's happening, where might the breakdown be. And so it really does lend itself to true partnership with our clients beyond our initial vision and mission casting and mapping process. You know, and then, of course, we have Tamika, who, because she has her own uh, two businesses, actually, and very on-the-ground operational, it's key to have her really be that voice. So there might be clients that really need someone to consult or coach them on that level if they're in that particular community-based business, and that's why we would tap into the knowledge and experience of Tamika. Wow. Yeah, you guys really, really have a team. <laughs> I can see how everyone is playing the role now and um, how each expertise is very important in the, in the whole. And um, you, you talked a little bit, too, about something you, you mentioned when you said finding out where the breakdowns are. Are you able to actually provide solutions to companies as well when they're stuck or bottlenecked because of a workflow process that's just old and antiquated? Yes, that's where Jane steps in. Yep. Yes, a- abs- absolutely. Um, that's that's where I would where I come in is ensuring that once the the visionary has created and is clear about the vision, that that vision gets shared with everyone in the organization, and that the right folks are doing the right thing, and that they have the tools to do what they need to do. So yes. we've got processes that are that need um need to be robust, you know, a little bit more robust. We I we help them do that. We we look at do we have are people doing the right thing? Are they engaged in their jobs? Um how how can we look at innovating because part of what if you're doing what everyone else is doing you're going to be getting what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. and so what we want to do is is help them get to that next level to look at what they're doing and that very clearly starts with the vision is is how are they unique and then how do they put that uniqueness into their their business and and innovate, and the more they can enroll their clients, their employees, and their clients in that innovation process and ensure that they're solving the right problems, the more innovative they can be. Hmm. And it sounds to me, you know, I'm sort of getting the big picture myself here, of what you guys are doing is really breaking down a company, finding ways that they are communicating and com- could be communicating better or aren't communicating, and you're resolving these issues by first finding out what is most important and finding ways to make those various parts of the company work towards the same end. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 exactly that. And it's one of the words, and you've said this a few times, so I, I feel like I really want to talk about it, which is the breakdown. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time we sit down to work with a visionary, he or she knows um, in their heart where there's a breakdown. And right. most times they're struggling, most times with 
how can I sustain this thing about my business that doesn't seem to fit? So um, it's it's a person who may have an organization or a company that has multiple business lines, and uh, they're not all working well together. They're somewhat um, siloed, if you will, and there's no real opportunity to um, leverage them alongside one another. And so um, many times they're at the um, the brink of trying to decide what they can get rid of or what can they do new or different. And so it's always um, easy for us to get them to the answer, and then the, um, the the rest of the time is spent on working through um, a process of um, courage <laughs> uh, for them to actually uh, make that step. And, and it's not uh, whereas we are guiding them, uh, but more so we are um, listening to them and we're helping them by saying back to them what they're saying to us. And uh, sometimes um, uh, visionaries, um, because they are flying at 30,000 feet and they're moving so quickly and they've got their minds wrapped around a 1,000 different things per day, um, may not have um, that time to sit down and and listen to the echoes uh, that they are um, creating. And so um, we have... By the time we're done with with our projects, a um, a real sense of um, partnership with our uh, visionaries, whereas they feel as if we've held their hand through an entire process uh, for them to be able to then um, own their vision and their mission with pride and um, begin to make some of those difficult decisions that they knew they already needed to make, but uh, found it challenging to do so. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, th- this is all really good stuff. And, um, you know, I-, I know that some of our listeners are, are wondering, um, you know, how they can get in contact with you and um, what does it take to initiate this process? Um, is it always meeting someone as a client or are you guys also doing seminars and other things like that to reach out to folks? And how do how does one begin? Well, it's all the above. They can certainly contact us one-on-one. We are, uh, we've got a website. It's bestpracticesforsmallbusinesses.com, and so they can certainly initiate a vision and mission mapping session with us that way. Um, we also do seminars. In December, we did a panel discussion, which was called Entrepreneurship is the Key to Saving Middle America. We've got another uh, panel discussion coming up. Uh, Molly, I'm going to ask you to put the date out there and the actual name of the event that we're going to be doing uh, soon, and that's going to be... Uh, working with uh, some folks in the area of professional development, and that certainly is a way that um, uh, folks out there become more familiar with our concepts and then have a greater understanding of the impact that we can help them create in their own businesses. Of course, um, the book Seen and Sustained um, is a way that we begin uh, relationships with people as they get the workbook. Uh, They decide um, while going through the workbook that they'd like someone to hold their hand as they're going through the process. And so that's another way that um, relationships are built and how we begin to um, take people through a vision and mission mapping session. That's great. And um, the book is available on Amazon as well, correct? It is. It's on Amazon.com. It's on BarnesandNoble.com, and um, it's also available on uh, Best Practices for Small Businesses.com. If someone wants to purchase the book and have it autographed, they can do it that way. And um, so the book is set up so that a person could 
work their way through it or walk their way through these steps in order to be able to help, um, I guess, with someone who would take on that task. But, of course, it's a lot easier when you have an expert in each and every um, discipline the way you guys have on your team. So I guess that's what eventually brings people to you. But the, maybe the book helps them just to recognize um, just how far down the road they are and how um, how big the hole that they might be in may be. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, tell us just a little bit about the book itself and the way it's constructed because it is a workbook. Yeah, it's, um, it's, set up as as a workbook it takes you through the the parts it's it's got the diagrams of the process so so you can see where you are in the process and one of the the greatest pieces of the book is our messages from the heart that Akia wrote throughout because sometimes as you're as you're working you you're in your business and you especially if you're working the workbook by yourself you're feeling oftentimes visionaries feel isolated and alone mhm because you you you're not going to share your challenges your deep challenges with your employees because there is also wanting a level of security so when you're when you're in the book by yourself, it's great to have these. In fact, I'd like to le- to read just part of one. It's called "I Love My Business." Go right it ahead. Was, it was me. I was awakened one morning. I love my business. My business is alive. It is helping someone right now. So it helps bring you back to why did I start my business? Mm-hmm. Because it's here to help someone. And then within the book, we have questions and places to write. So, for example, when when you start working through the vision, we ask you to write your vision statement down, and then we ask you questions, and then we ask you to write it again, and then we ask ask some more questions. So you're you're doing a um, a resemblance of a process you would be doing in person. And then we ask you, because visionaries tend to be so, keep things so close and and to do things, as Akia said, they're moving at the speed of light, we ask you to share this with a trusted advisor and ask them, get some feedback, not to change it, but do they see this in you? Mm. Is it does it look real? So we do that process throughout the book, asking you to do pieces and then and then check it with someone else. Then when when it gets into the outcomes in the particular functional areas of creating the work that needs to be done to create the messaging, then that part, as Akia said, gets passed off to the technical the marketeers that are going to actually be creating that that vision or that putting that vision into marketing practice. Right. And this is sort of the fuel that keeps the business going. 
Absolutely. Hmm. And awesome. it's absolutely the fuel. And this, this, the work that they do in the vision and mission mapping uh, process, it complements their business plan. So uh, as, you know, most schools of thought uh, teach, you know, we update our business plans um, every year, every three years. Some people do a three-year plan. Some people <laughs> do a five-year plan. I don't want to put that out there, really, but <laughs> some people do. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it complements the parts of a business plan, and um, it, it helps to answer so many questions that you would um, be answering from a standard business planning perspective. Only this allows you to incorporate a lot of the stuff that's left out of the business plan. I mean, I, I talk to people all the time who want to know how can I – have a one-page business plan, or how can I have a three-page business plan? And uh, by the time you boil it down to what most people feel is essential for a business plan, it really is just numbers and timelines, and it doesn't really help to articulate the passion, the why, and what's going to sustain this business over time. And so being able to couple the vision and mission mapping with a business plan begins to answer some of the questions that are traditionally left out, and it really helps to well-round the plan as a whole. Wow, that's great. And um, I, I am, I, I'm very curious myself. I may have to hire you guys myself for what I'm working on. You know, I've been thinking about this as well because um, I have a, a new company that I just started um, last year in May, and um, it's a different concept. It's brand new, but um, and it's so new, it's often hard for me to communicate it to people who really aren't on the back end who would have a need for it. So if you need this new business, you can sort of understand it. But if not, for those who might be people who would, um, it's a nonprofit, so those who may want to donate, I guess I really have to clearly help them to understand, too, how important it is and how um, how much is needed in today's community. So it's interesting. We'll definitely have to talk about this a lot more in the future. Absolutely. We'd be very happy to talk to you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've talked to Molly about it a little bit already. So, um, yeah, so we'll see how that all pans out. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to add. I think we got your contact information and everything. And um, is there a central source also for you guys besides the website? Um, any other places where, you know, we can get all of your contact information? Um, are you guys using for your separate companies? Would you like to go ahead and, and give those websites as well? Absolutely. And we are on all on Facebook and Seen and Sustained has a Facebook fan page, so okay, you can also great. reach us through that. And again, my name's Jane Lovis, and my company is Lovis Consulting, and that's L-O-V as in Victor, A-S, consulting.com. Okay, and Tamika? You can reach me at quiznos.com. Go to the Temple Hills um location and all and, of my information is there and Tamika are you from that area um, I'm from the DC area so oh, okay yeah okay I used to live out in that area so I just wondered okay and Akia 
Yes, I am also on Facebook and um, all the other social media sites, LinkedIn, Twitter. My uh, company's website is MasterYourBrand.com. And, uh, again, the book's website is BestPracticesForSmallBusinesses.com. Okay, and Molly, we all know where you are, but give it to us again. <laughs> sure. You can find me as well on Facebook. I also have a Molly Creative uh, business uh, slash fan page on Facebook as well as, as well as a Twitter account under Molly Creative. Um, my Facebook profile is Molly Pompadit, and my website is mollycreative.com. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you all, and um, uh, maybe hopefully after um, – we do some collaboration on my um, vision and concept. We can come back on and talk about what you did for me. <laughs> we, we, we welcome you to the sustained community of visionaries, Michael. No, oh, awesome. I feel privileged already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We appreciate well, you for having us on board, and we are delighted to, um, again, include you in our Seen and Sustained membership of our Visionaries. So thank you very much for the time. Absolutely, awesome. Michael, and this was this was great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, we'll have much. you again in the near future, and um, you know, we wish you all the best in your your business and your company. And you can you can believe I'll be referring you guys to quite a few people on LinkedIn as well. We appreciate very well much. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com. And I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community. A program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids' and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step of a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. All of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. Your support will provide girls with an opportunity to attend parenting classes, summer camp, and empowerment programs that just might change their lives. To learn more, visit their website at younglivesdc.younglife.org or call the regional director, Sharon Holland, at 202-399-7017. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. 
It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed. But our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth. That kind of wisdom doesn't come from above. It is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself. Whenever people are jealous or selfish, they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things. But the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure, friendly, gentle, sensible, kind, helpful, genuine, and sincere. When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will harvest justice. Wisdom from the Apostles from James 3 And without compromise, a measure of truth. Thank you, Truth Seekers. We're just coming to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.